the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Welcome to Dreams Not Memes Podcast. Hello everyone. This is another episode of Dreams Not Memes. I'm here with my friend Ariel, who's based in Poland. Ariel is a composer and a DJ, and is also the brother to our friend Rosa, who we talked to a few uh, episodes ago. So, how's it going? What's up, man? What's going on? I'm doing, excited to be here. It's nice. Doing well. Doing well. Can't complain. It's, it's the beginning of the day for me, for the most part, and I'm pretty sure it's the mid of the day for you. So, can you tell me a little bit about how you got involved in composing? Uh... I started, I started like freestyling with friends. It's all, it's all through hip hop, all through mm. hip hop, uh, in North Bay, Ontario. I'm Canadian. I'm living in Poland, but, uh, I am Canadian. So I moved here maybe five years ago, something like that. And when I was a kid, I basically, I, I you know, I loved, I loved rap. I moved to Canada. God, it's a long story. Wait, where do you want me to start? You want me to start from the beginning of my life kind of thing? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works with you. Some people do the beginning of their life. Some people do the beginning of their career. So all right, all right. I try to make it quick because it's a little confusing. It's like I was born in Canada, and then I moved to Poland when I was like, or was moved. I was a baby, so you move a baby. A baby doesn't move on their own. And so uh, I was in Poland for five years, and then I moved back when I was seven to to Canada. So uh, so then when I came back to Canada, I, I mean, it was around. It was nineteen ninety two. So all the rap that I listened to was like Miami based rap. It was like all based off basketball, like watching basketball games and then hearing this stuff in between, you know, they'd play music in between and it would all be like, your booty, booty, whatever, that kind of stuff. And I was, and I was like, what is this beautiful music? And so, uh, so yeah, so I like, I just loved hip hop. And when I became a teenager, I hung out with friends and like, we would, walk the streets and just freestyle with each other. And then, and I would beatbox terribly. I mean, just as good as I just did there, like that, that kind of thing. But then I, you know, I'd come up with a melody and be like, Ooh, I want to record this. And I'd go home and it was very rudimentary, um, kind of, kind of wave sample based sampling. So you would take a song or take a snip of a song or a hi hat you would copy, paste, 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 and it would be like, and then you would take a snare, copy, paste it every four, and then you'd have, you know, and you'd keep going like that. And that's how I started composing. And then one thing led to another. I got better equipment. I finally got a keyboard as opposed to using, like pitching things based off of my ear through the program. I would actually be able to use a keyboard so I could actually play the notes and make a song. Mm. And it all started there. It all started from rap in North Bay, Ontario. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then how did your skills in composing translate to, to DJing? Like, do you do live performances and things like that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, it, to, to be completely honest, like I, I started composing, so I'm 35 now. And so I started composing music when I was 16. And that's when, uh, in the sense that it like very rudimentary beats. And mind you, I'm a drummer. Like I started drumming when I was nine and my mom always pushed music to us and that sort of thing. So like I, I had a musical background, but the actual composing, I started 
when I was 16 and then got better and better. And the DJing thing didn't really start until I was kind of an established composer. I, I was basically like making beats for artists in Toronto because I was living in Toronto and I just saw, I saw a DJ one day. I mean, I think my friend, I don't really remember how it started. Like I've DJed a few times, you know, some friend asks you to DJ and then you're like, okay, sure. <clears throat> and just, I, I have like a, I mean, it sounds like a brag, but just because I've been listening to hip hop for so long, I have like this encyclopedic brain for, for hip hop. So I have all these songs in my head from it. And so, uh, so I basically one, I'm trying to think of how I really started DJing. I think I was just like, Oh, I could do this. This is super easy. And so to be fair to real, like great DJs who can scratch and who can, who are extremely good DJs on vinyl and all that kind of stuff with new technology, like just using a controller and a laptop, you can, you can DJ in a, in a, in a month, you can learn how to DJ. And if you already know music, you, you've got it made. So basically I just, you know, I started very rudimentary, rarely rudimentarily. Is that what the word is? And yeah. <laughs> I think so. And then, uh, and then got better and better DJing. I mean, there are nuances to it, but that's, that's basically how I started is just being like, this is easy. I can do this. What, like, this isn't that hard. <laughs> no, no disrespect to DJs, but you know, you're playing someone else's song and you're technically mixing, you're technically pre pressing play and then mixing song to song. So as long as you know timing and you can mix, and you learn how to do that stuff. And those are skills. And I've tried to teach people where at first they're like, well, you're teaching too much because it's a lot to learn. And I don't realize it because I've been doing it a while. It is, it is still relatively possible for a beginner to become a DJ or to start DJing. Whereas a beginner playing you guitar is going to be like, what? That's... That's not good, dude. <laughs> can you no, practice some more? <laughs> no, no you're, you're completely right. Because, like, I can definitely say, like, granted, I don't consider myself a DJ, but I do know how to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like, topically speaking, DJing is easy. Uh, actually, music in general is very accessible. Four to the floor, you know, C see, to yeah, G, sure. et cetera, et cetera. But it's when you take those fundamentals and articulate it to something unique, that's when it gets hard. I, I th and I think I think some of that stuff is comes naturally because even when I came here to the reason I'm here in Warsaw basically is like I was DJing in Toronto and it was it was cool like I I love Toronto it's I love Canada it's a very cool and unique country in this and it's a great kind of uh, cultural identity to have Canadian and that kind of stuff but um, but the actual town of Toronto it's you know clubs close it to uh it people don't go out as much as you would think and i was just going to the same clubs every week and i had a steady gig at a bar in toronto the rivoli um which is a cool bar very much mad love to the river rivoli but like i was doing that every week and then i did a trip to poland and I played piano for my sister who was living here at the time, not Rosa, another sister. And uh, she just asked me, hey, come over, come play, come 
come play piano for a month. It'll pay for your ticket. We'll go on tour with our, our band. It'll be fun. I was like, all right. And I went to Poland and it was so much fun. And I did it another year. I brought my DJ equipment and I DJed in Warsaw, which is like this scene, which is, you know, no bars really have, there's no closing time. There's no last call. And you can just, you can just play until six in the morning outside. The sun is rising. Everyone's dancing. And it's like this love fest. And then when I went back to Toronto, again, as much as I love Toronto, you know, I went to the same bar again and I was DJing for the same people. And I was like, why don't I switch it up? Why don't I like expand my musical palette? You know? Cause if you play for the same people also, or, or even in the same city, you know, you can, you can play m- music for them, but then you go somewhere else and that place has a completely different feel, different style. People like different things. And so, so I just came to Warsaw and kind of really had a big musical lesson about DJing and about music. And I started playing house more and I started like mixing way better and all that kind of stuff. So, and, and it was just a bit like if you play from 10 at night till six in the morning, every weekend or two or three times a week, you know, you get better and better as opposed to even, you know, playing from 10 to two for the same people so true and you know i call like what you just described about toronto hometown staleness like um right by no means am i like a big name in philadelphia yeah but after playing there for seven now eight years but if you don't want to count covid just seven years (laughs) yeah right right sure um, i definitely consider touring outside of my city to be experientially uh sometimes financially it's the whole package it's just so much more better Mm. um and i and And i could definitely sorry go ahead yeah no yeah no it's okay i could definitely see how some musicians might be like well why would you leave your hometown there's so many different things to learn but it's like when you learn different ways that people experience music no matter what genre of music you're in that hometown staleness is no longer there and you start to see that touring is really about learning in a lot of different ways and i mean that musically as well as culturally the whole package deal so it's really cool to hear that like you decided to make that switch and you had that foresight yeah and i mean to be to be honest is like i and the thing is i love toronto and i mm. was like Oh, I I really want to stay, and I have great friends there, and it is a cool city. Um, but it it is kind of like you just have to you have to learn in your life. You have to l- like expand your your existence in a way. Like uh, there's a whole world, and each city could live different. Like you're in Philadelphia, right? And mm-hmm. like New York and Philadelphia, they're right next to each other, but New York and Philadelphia are different cities completely, and I mean, I, I haven't been to Philadelphia since I was a kid, but like, you know, I, the, the, the way Philadelphia feels is a completely different feel than New York, than LA. And that's the same country, True. mind you, it's a giant country, but it's like, it's hugely different. And so even here, I'm in Warsaw, I'll go to Berlin and Berlin's a different feel and Berlin's only six hours away. And so it's just 
it is you i don't know it's it's like you have to kind of you don't have to do anything but like but you as a musician i felt like i had to really expand my kind of horizons or expand my experience because i'm just doing it's it's being jaded it's doing the same thing over and over and and even for even toronto like uh you know compared to the rest of the world canada is a pretty safe and cool country as a whole now mind you toronto's less safe than warsaw i would say it's more dangerous in in lots of ways but in general life is good in Mm -hmm. canada you know in general as a as a mean it's it life is good in canada it's not as bad there's no wars going on in canada true you know you don't have to run away there's no refugees running from canada to somewhere else and there's countries around the world where that's happening and so when i'm in poland poland 30 years ago was in the fall it like communism just fell now 30 years ago yeah i guess 30 30 years ago communism fell and before that like poland is just like their history is just constant bad things happening. Just true. Nazis taking over, like actual Nazis. The reason people know the name Nazi, they're taking over Poland constantly. And then, you know, and then that went down. And then Russia is taking over Poland. And then that's for a long time a horrible, horrible time for people. And then that fell. And then Poland didn't know what to do. Capitalism came and they're like, you know, trying. And so luckily the EU came and Poland is booming or I mean, pre-COVID and not, I mean, nothing's booming in COVID, but you know, pre-COVID Poland's like this boom, mm-hmm. like, you know, one of the biggest games out right now, despite its issues is cyberpunk, which is made in Poland. So, you know, it is a big, uh, there's lots of possibilities in, in Poland and lots of it's way different than it was 40 years ago. And so, so it's just like, it's just a cool city, wicked time and things that I didn't realize were possible in Toronto and in Toronto. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a different feel. I don't know. I'm I'm blabbing. I'm blabbing. You have to stop me. You have to, (laughs) you have to stop me. I'm blabbing. It's completely (laughs) fine. Uh, Let's take a quick break. And okay. learn more about your experiences in the past five years and, and what you want to do in the future. Quick message. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Dreams.Memes. Please make sure to follow Dreams.Memes podcast on your preferred streaming channel or on Instagram at Dreams.Memes podcast. To support Dreams.Memes podcast, feel free to contact me at daywithoutlove at gmail.com for advertising or sponsorship opportunities. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, now we're back. So, continuing our conversation, can you tell me a little bit about, like, things you've learned about living in Poland as a musician and and some of the benefits that you've gained in your journey? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, sure. And like, I think, I think one huge thing, especially for all musicians is how you feel. You're, you're very sensitive. You're a sensitive little artist and you want to do your thing. You're, you're, you know, you're like, 
it's a lot about feel. It's there's times where you're sitting and you're depressed and you don't feel like making music, let's say, or there's times where you're in the middle of the night, you wake up, you're like, Oh God, I have to, I have to write down this melody and you go and you should be sleeping. You should have your nap and you should have your sleepy time. But basically uh, in Poland, one huge thing that I think uh, I think is very, very like different than all of North America. And I'm sure, I'm sure it's different than the States and Canada, but the thing that Canada and the States have that's similar is that it, it is the new world, let's say historically, right? So 200 years ago, you know, the, it was just starting out and there's a, there's a shorter history in North America than there is in Europe. And it kind of shows in artists in the sense that when I I'm here in Poland and I first was starting out DJing, I would tell people, oh yeah, I'm a DJ. And they'd be like, oh cool, what kind of music are you playing? Uh, oh, can I come to your gigs? That kind of thing. And I was like, oh, that's super cool. Because in Toronto, it would be like, oh, I'm a composer, I'm a DJ. People would always, like 99% of the time would be like, oh, can you make a living off that? Can you make money off that? It's always about money. And here I got it twice. I've been here five years. I got it twice. I got it from a taxi driver and he was apologetic about it. He was like, sorry, uh, I don't mean to be rude, but can you make a living off of making music? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And, and then some other time I don't remember. And I'm, I'm, it might've been only that one time from the taxi driver, but basically like arts and music have been around in Europe for a long time. I mean, have been around in the world for a long time for since the beginning of humans probably and in north america it's kind of like this feeling of like i mean kind of it's it's like we are doing we are doing this we're making money we're uh like building buildings we're doing this and that stop fucking around and making music come and do this we have to make money and so that kind of fe- i don't know that kind of feel is around you. And although I was fine in Toronto, I was making a living. I was living off of DJing. Uh, it still was like, it still was every question. Listen, I'm, I'm like in the sense that I'm, I can relate to this, that I'm very tall. I'm six, eight. And if you get, and it's, it's awesome being tall. It's great. I very much enjoy it and I'm glad I'm tall, but every single person in Canada or in Toronto, when I'm walking around, will ask me how tall I am. And after a while, you get annoyed at that question. You're just like, good Lord, again, with the, do I play basketball <laughs> again with this and that? And it can beat you down, even though it's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how it is in, in Canada. And I can't speak for the States, but I'm sure it's the same in the States, just capitalism-wise. Maybe certain cities not. But Oh, it completely is. I mean... You ever hear that statement, like, look to your left, look to your right, the people that are around you are probably going to be gone, uh, and that, like, applies to school or your job or or even music? I feel that a lot of people that I've met along my journey as a musician have given up because of that stigma. Oh, what am I doing? Right. I'm not making money. Well, give up. You know, oh, I have to spend a lot of money just to make music. Like a lot of their ideas are halted by money 
uh, money, 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 money. And I almost find it sad. Um, Actually, I do find it sad because it's like, while you do need to spend money on equipment, production, um, and, and things like that, your creativity should not be dictated by limits. Yeah. It should be dictated by resources and your abilities. Sure. And I think a lot of times, especially in America, there's this stigma that you can't have a career and do music. It has to be one or the other. Like, I've even had on job interviews, like, how do you expect to perform and you're a musician? And I'm like, well, is your stigma of, of musicians like the Rolling Stones? Like, do you think we're going to come to to work on like acid going like oh man monday night's gig at the coffee shop was a real banger like you know like that's that's how i think people visualize music uh in america and i think that needs to end because music is so dynamic like there are companies that need theme music for their training presentations there are commercials always being made tv netflix placements live performance um, you know, sounds for the elevator and the musicians that are creating this music are from all different walks of life. They're not all people that are dropping acid tabs, like rolling sure. doobies with their friends. And, uh, yeah, there's and definitely it, that, that, that I, idea I'll, or stigma. Yeah. And also like, even there's, there's many things you can do with music. I mean, I knew in Toronto, actually, I met a few buskers uh they're friends of friends and we Mm. had some drinks and they're saying oh we're buskers and they travel around the world based off their busking money and they would hit up busking festivals which were i mean again pre-covid of course but like you know go to they would have this schedule of busking festivals they'd go to australia they would go to parts of europe they would go to africa they would go like to asia all around the world for these busking festivals and make make money for in this one month or a couple weeks or a week and then live off of that for, for the next months until the next busking festival or whatever it was. And it's like an interesting world that I had no idea about at all. It's like, it's like, there's lots of things possible, but also, also like, I think, yeah, I think there's a overall kind of feel in North America that, that the, I, I don't know how you could change that because it's it's kind of like it has to like years have to pass until it's normal where it's because um, I know I know even in Toronto, it's not the fault of someone thinking, oh, can you make money off this? I remember like people like I'd be like, oh, there's a bar down the street and they have live music on Sundays. Do you want to go? And people being like, ah, I don't want to go or saying, yeah, sure. And then flake out. Yeah. And it's. Now, I'm sure after COVID, people will be way more up for going out and being like, yes, like live music. But people weren't as up for checking out a brand new band that they never heard of based off of a friend just saying, hey, let's go to this bar in in Toronto. I'm only saying I don't know anywhere else in North America, but like in Toronto, there wasn't a feel of like, yo, let's check out this new band. Let's let's see what's going on. And in Warsaw, it was absolutely that it's. It's absolutely hap- or it absolutely happened all the time. It was like, hey, there's a band playing at this one bar that we know. Do you want to go? I'm like, who's the band? They're like, I, I don't know. Let's go. I'm like, oh, okay. And I would go and it'd be packed because people just want to see a live performance. And if they're okay, then eh, they're okay, whatever. And if they're awesome, then you just learned 
uh, about a new band that's going on. And how do you create that in, it's not a fault of, of people in Toronto. I have great friends who didn't want to go see a new band and I don't, I didn't want to go see a new band, but like I had to learn that from people in Warsaw, the kind of passion of wanting to go out and wanting to experience something new or a new band. I don't know how, I don't know how you create that. There's so many hypotheses. Like my hypothesis has always been, you got to change the environment of the venue and the venue has to stop relying on bands only because I know in America, so much falls on bands that it just becomes a domino effect. So like there are booking managers that say, yeah, I'm a booking manager for bands, but I don't do anything with promotion. That's not my job. And then you talk to the promotion manager I'm a promotion manager for bands and venues. So what do you do for the promotion of the venue so it could sustain? Oh, I don't do that. So what do you do? So there's like a lot of names mm-hmm. that they say they're supposed to do something, but at the end of the day, it all falls on the popularity of the band. And in my mind, if there was you know a venue trying to make their venue look good to bring people in the door no matter what, not because of a certain band playing... More people are going to want to go to a small bar or coffee shop or an art space for the sake of the experience of the community. Because what I think is happening in Europe, I mean, you would know more than me, is there's this shared idea that I'm going to have fun at this bar or this coffee shop no matter what because there's a social experience attached to that. That, That's true. The social experience attached to an America is like, I could get robbed. I could get raped. I could get assaulted. Um, I might get stabbed because that's what happens at these shows. Jesus. So it's like, how about we one establish safety uh, so that those four things and, and many other terrible things would happen. Um, how about we actually establish safety code? Uh, I mean, in Oakland, California, there was a, where there's a burning um, of a, of a art space that wasn't up to code. Um, because a lot of underground events were happening. The government were, was kind of like, you know, don't ask, don't tell, but we know art is happening here. Um, there have been hate attacks on, like, LGBT venues, you know, uh, that, that occurred in Florida. And I honestly Jesus. think... Yeah, it, it's terrible. And I honestly think, like, if we establish art as a place for community safety, understanding, cultural experiences, love... Harmony, and I don't, I don't mean to sound like a 70s hippie here, um, then maybe people would say, I'm here for the experience of making new friends or talking to my friends as opposed to, you know, this, this is all the crazy stuff that could happen. Also... <laughs> oh, wait, wait, oh, can I, sorry, can I, can I expand sure. on that a little bit? For just sure, just for because sure. I have a thought about that because... Uh, I know in Toronto, uh, I mean, the one, I won't say that, you, that I've had, listen, I've been robbed in Toronto or they tried to rob me or, and I've had friends who are stabbed. It, shit happens as well mm. in Toronto and it, it is a dangerous city as well in ways. And in Warsaw, it's super safe, super, super safe. Like a girl can walk down the street, uh, down an alleyway. It's not a big deal at all. And um, so there is something to that, but I do I don't want to talk only shit about Toronto and big up Poland because in Toronto, the comedy scene is kind of like 
the, the that my similar yeah I, I was in the comedy scene in Toronto and the comedy scene in Toronto is super super cool and super supportive and you can put up a show without having to pay money to play which I've done in Toronto where it's like hey okay you're gonna you want to play here you have to pay 500 bucks for the night and you'll make your money back if people show up like that didn't happen in Toronto I mean it could of course but for the most part the comedy scene in Toronto was very much like the Polish or the European scene for music here. It was very supportive and very, very much people would just go to hang and to see what's going on and see some new comedians. And a lot of the time it was terrible, but eh, we're just checking out some comedians. So why not? You know, that, that, that does happen in, in Toronto for sure. It just, I didn't see it so much with music mm. and, um, and the things that did happen with music were just more big names, huge promotions. Yeah, same here. Same here yeah. in America. And it's like, I think it's also a matter of uh, cover bands. And I'm not saying cover bands are terrible for original music, but I think sometimes people think I could get a craft brew from a local brewery um, or, or, you know, a German brewery or whatever. Mm-hmm. And listen to covers from the 70s, 80s, 90s, O's, etc., etc. Or I could go to a bar that doesn't have that great of a selection um, and listen to some music I've never heard of. So they like right. weigh, weigh those options. Oh, sure. this cover band, there's no cover charge. Uh, the local band venue has a cover charge that's absolutely not realistic to me. So like the, these are the ways that people weigh it out and I always really ask to myself like ask myself are these venues really doing a SWOT analysis or a market analysis of what they have to offer um probably not right and that's that leads to a domino effect of a downfall of, of, of venues so like yeah in America we're saying save our venues save our venues but I say before we say save our venues let's think about the marketing analysis of venues and why they were failing in the first place and I, I know okay. it sounds so dark to say, because it's like, you're in America, you're a musician, you have to just be a yes person. But I think you need to be an analysis person, so then we can change and we can make music breathe for everybody. Yeah, this is way above my understanding of anything. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I got really <laughs> meta there. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I, it's just like, I'm the I'm the worst marketer. I'm, I'm yeah. not great at promotions. I The only promotion I know that worked here in Warsaw and it didn't work so much in Toronto, unless it was, unless you count like people coming up to you and saying, yo man, I love that. It was so awesome. Uh, the big promotion here was just like playing well. And true, so, true. so I, that's all I know. I'm very bad. I'm really, really bad at <laughs> promotion and marketing. Cause I'm always like, ah, if you want to come see me, you can come see me. But if not, it's no big deal, man. I mean, it's music. Like I know someone who hates a song, and someone else who that's their favorite song and it's just music. So it's hard to, for me to kind of like uh, wrap my head around full out, like flaunting myself as the greatest musician ever. True. You know? But, but I, that's exactly what I'm saying because it's like, my heart is exactly what you're saying. My brain, like my, my background tells me I have to think about all these marketing things, but I, I'm willing to believe there are much more musicians that are like you that are then musicians that are thinking like 
should I play this venue based on the marketing analysis and influence of the of the space? Yeah. Like, no, no one's thinking like that, and I'm saying that there needs to be a team of people that think that way to, to change the game in the states. Dude, you got to run that team, man. It seems like it's you. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, man, you've got hey. the skills, man. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Like you're thinking about things that I'm I just w- never thought about. So yeah, yeah it seems yeah. like you, you got you can do it. Take it, take it by the horns, man. I, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I think I think you could you could do something like that because it's uh it's like an interesting idea and it's definitely not something that I uh I I, re- I moved to another city where it was just better. That's what I true, did, and true, that's true. that's not a good marketing strategy. No, no, and no. There's nothing wrong with that at that's, all. That's a, that's a good life experience strategy, but that's not like marketing 101. Move to another city. Maybe it is. Maybe that's what they teach. True. But, Sure. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. never learned that, but I like yeah. it. I like it. But maybe, maybe you should do that. Maybe yeah. I think that's a that's not a bad idea. <laughs> one day, one day, some way, if it falls in my lap. But uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> what I what I like to ask about Warsaw and just like your experience of being in Europe. Yeah. Were you playing only in in Warsaw? Or were you going to different parts of Europe as well, or do you like switch it up? I played all around Poland, all around Poland. I played in Germany. Um, and actually before COVID, I was uh, thinking about, not even thinking about, I was like researching other countries because it's a huge, that's actually a huge reason to go to Europe as a Canadian. Um, if you have the means, of course, I have a Polish citizenship. That means I have an EU citizenship. That means I can play anywhere in Europe without a visa, without a work visa, anything I can just play. And, um, and so there, I just researched places that love hip hop, uh, and where I could DJ. And so that's completely possible. Uh, but before COVID, yeah, absolutely. I played all around Poland and the thing was word got around like pretty well and pretty, pretty, like, like I said, I'm bad at promotion and marketing, but I can rock a party. And so people, you know, people who were at the party would come up to me and say, hey, I have this club in southern Poland near the mountains. Could you come there? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, like that kind of stuff. And just complete if I mean, if you would call it luck or chance, you could categorize it as that. But it's basically just doing a good job and learning the craft and doing well. Um, as much as I said, DJing's easy, which I think it is. I really worked at it and I really like really, really tried and did a good job for the most part, minus like a couple parties, I'm sure. But like, for the most part, I, I really, I, I love doing it. And I love the music that I'm playing. So it's, it shows. And I learned how to be a showman a little bit while I'm playing. Um, so I, so word got around uh, through that, especially in Poland. So I traveled all around Poland, uh, DJing. But for the most part, yes, absolutely. I was playing in Warsaw. Gotcha, gotcha. And Warsaw is also the biggest city in Poland. Uh, it's it's the capital, right? It's the capital, and it's the biggest city. And also, it's its own bubble. It's like this left-leaning bubble. And so there's there's lots of work that you, you could just stay in Warsaw and have, make a good living DJing. But, um, but yeah, it's also fun to travel around Europe and, and DJ. That's amazing. It's really amazing. And, and what are some of your goals like in 2021 and beyond? Um, so of course, I mean, like I'm sure for anyone listening uh, to this 
after COVID's done. It's annoying to hear about COVID, but like, but yeah, uh, a lot of the stuff is dependent on, uh, on COVID stopping. And so let's say COVID is done. It's all over. We're starting up again. I'll be DJing much more, but I'm also, uh, I'm a composer first and foremost. So I just, I want to work with more artists. I've was, I was working with artists in Toronto and I really, really liked that. I liked working in the rap scene in Toronto and I got to know a lot of cool producers and a lot of cool rappers. And so it was really, really fun. It's, I think that's, if I could do that just in general, just, just produce music. Uh, Cause like I'll, I'll make beats all the time, but when there's no artist, the, the beat is just a beat. And then, you know, I can, I can arrange it like a song, but, and I, and I put out like, there's, there's music that I put out on Spotify or wherever that's Heights beats, just my beats, which is cool. I very much like that. There's like chilled out beats and whatever, but without an artist, I don't know. I like producing. I like producing an artist and I, I switch. I like change this mode where I'm like, no, no, do this, do this. And I know exactly what has to happen with the song from my perspective, of course. Mm. Uh, but I have that and I need to do that all the time. Uh, I would love to just, just do that. And I'm sure I would miss DJing if all I was doing was sitting in a studio making music with an artist, but, uh, but I, I miss doing studio stuff with, with people much more. I, I, I just need to find some artists and work with some artists. So many more artists to work with. And of course, like, of course, cause I compose, I can make music for video games, for, for movies, for commercials, which I've done all those things, but the best is sitting down with an artist and, you're working with them. And if it's, I don't know, with a rapper, I love voices. So I love like, I don't know, Scarface, like that kind of deep gravelly voice, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, there's, I mean, I can name off a bunch of rappers, but basically taking an artist and really making a good song with them. There's no other, there's no better feeling I've ever had in my life than have like working with an artist, working with a rapper and like, making a song and be like, Oh yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. And then playing that and then keep going. And you have a song at the end of the night and you're like, Oh my God, yo, that's so great. And I, I, uh, for me, I like listening back to my music. So, uh, I should probably do it less. I should probably like not be so happy with songs that I make, but, um, but I love, I love listening back to songs I make. Cause, cause it's, it's, awesome when you make something and you don't know where it came from and you're like how did that song come about i don't remember it's just i did this so oh, that's so cool like i i don't know how to do that <laughs> in my true, mind true. and yet it's done i already did it how did that happen no i i completely agree with that i mean i think i've grown to a point of when i used to write i would finish something and be like yeah i'm so sad <laughs> like that that's cathartic ha 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 now okay. it's more like i'm enjoying the groove i'm enjoying this mood like i think it's good to be happy and proud of what you created and and and, and the vibe in, in my opinion it's healthy so i i like that yeah I, and and mind you like i mean of course i actually lots of times i make chilled out stuff i love mm -hmm. like 
like my favorite hip hop song is 93 till infinity, like souls mm, of mischief. Yeah. And it's like, you know, such a melody, so chilled out and also kind of happy. Cause they're talking about just smoking weed with their friends. Mm. So it's kind of fun, but like, that's, I love that kind of feeling. And uh, so I make a lot of chilled out music and it just comes out naturally. I'll be like, Oh no, some this time I'm going to make a happy song. And then it comes out super chilled out. But, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, I like that feel and I do get sad when I make certain things where I'm just like rocking back and forth, playing the keyboards, just like closed eyes and kind of feel the actual emotion. But it's, it's the, yeah, it's the, I guess it's the after effect, what you said. I guess it is healthy to, to be happy. <laughs> True. I, yeah. And, uh, and, and especially these times, like it's good to, it's good to make stuff that, or it's good to focus on the happy, I guess, rather mm -hmm. than, rather than the sad. Cause it's, it's easy. Sadness is like a spiral that you can just go down and live there. And it feels comfortable because it's a small hole, but, but you don't want to be living there all your life. You, you got to no. get out somehow and whatever way you can do that, try and get there. I, I completely agree with that. Um, this has definitely been a really good episode of Dreams Not Memes. I'd like to ask you, who are some people you'd like to give a shout out to? Shout out to, shout out to Toronto. I know I, sh I, I talked some shit, but like, but it's just a human experience of like a personal experience of changing up your life and stuff. So I, I very much love Toronto and I miss it and I miss my friends there. Uh, I could shout them out name by name, but uh, I don't know if they would want to. I can't be saying names on a podcast perhaps, but shout out to them and shout out to the scene in Toronto. It is a, as much as uh, like, I, I really experienced something amazing here in Warsaw. Toronto has a, like artists do come out of Toronto and it is cool. And maybe as a shout out, like um, just, I mean, it's not really a shout out. It's just a recommendation to any Toronto artist who's listening just uh, don't hate your fellow artist. Work with them. Because that's one thing that I would say, like, I learned a lot in Warsaw to do, where there was another DJ and they said, hey, come DJ with me, as opposed to, oh, you're another DJ? Oh, let me, oh, I'm not going to talk to you as much because you'll take some of my jobs. True. There will be enough work for for all of us. And especially online, you can get work somehow. So work with other artists, work together there's always a way to connect and, and it's, it's actually going to help you in the long run. And I made many mistakes in Toronto of not giving out my beats. Cause, Oh, I, I wanted to save this for this other artist I have in mind. And that never went about. And then I, I fucked up that whole relationship and it's my mistake and I'm an idiot for it, but I learned and that's what life's about. <laughs> no, that's, that's, so, that's so real. So, it's so real. Shout, shout out, shout out to Toronto. Shout out to Toronto. I love, I do love you very much, and uh, the people in there. I'm a big fan of my friends. No, no, <laughs> and the no, artists no. I work with. Yeah, no, no, no. Thank you, thank you for your wisdom, and, and thank you for your time. And uh, this has definitely been a good time. Yeah, man, I, I very much enjoyed it, man. All right. Well, until next time. Yeah, until next time.
Hi, this is Brian from A Day Without Love. Thank you for listening to Dreams Not Memes. I just want you to remember, your dreams matter. If you'd like to support this podcast, email at daywithoutlove at gmail.com for donation information, or follow me for weekly episodes. Thank you for listening and joining my journey. Have a good day.